Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. Actually, it's afternoon because it's 12 o'clock in Atlanta, and have another pretty day. Today is the second day of sunshine, so this is really, really exciting, but even more exciting. And let me tell you why I'm going to put these sunglasses on. It's not just about the sun. But today I have a guest whose light is so freaking bright that she is going to require that I put sunglasses on because this is an amazing woman. This lady that I have here today, her name is Irene Taylor. And Irene is one of those people who took to her spiritual journey like her life depended on it, which our life depends on on us really committing to the spiritual journey. And she more than probably, and I don't like to compare my clients, it's not fair because everybody is exactly where they are. However, Irene has been an example of somebody who has committed to doing this work for a couple of years now, quite a few years. I can't remember exactly how many, but maybe four, four, maybe even five. But her commitment to awakening has always reminded me of my commitment to awakening. Yes, like me, she's taken a couple of naps. She's pulled back at times and needed to take care of things, had a baby, pulled back. And, and life has things that happen that cause us to pull back. And then we come back into to the choice again of do we jump into this journey of undoing what we're not, or do we continue to pretend that everything out there is who we are? So anyhow, I am so excited to have Irene here because her her journey is really like everybody else's. We create a story about ourselves. We feel the fears. We feel the separation, the limitations. And then we go strive, 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 achieving, 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 becoming successful, now becoming successful. Um, and in that pendulum swinging in life, we totally forget that there is a center to us. There is an alignment. There's a place inside of us where balance exists. And today I'm excited to have her. Let's talk about um, what it is that she has done that has brought her to that place of center. So let me bring her in here so that we are sharing the screen full out. Irene, let me get my sunglasses back on. Oh my <laughs> gosh, girl. Woo! <laughs> that bright light of yours is so exciting to have you. Oh, have you I love that. Well, as always, as always, it is, it's just such a pleasure to just enter into a, a fun conversation with you. And you were here um, on the program about maybe a year or so ago, mm -hmm. and we talked about your journey and we talked about the, what you went through to get to where you are at that time. But I don't want to do that today because if somebody wants to hear more about the details of the beginning of your journey, just go look it up. It's it's on Facebook Live. Um, it's in my my business page, that one actually. And it's Irene Taylor. And today, what I want to focus on is let's talk about where you are today. But primarily, you are here today because you have done something that most people will not do. In this lifetime, no matter how spiritual they are and no matter how much they want to wake up, they're not going to be able to do it because there's an aspect of us that doesn't want us to do that. And you have been a beautiful example of what it what it looks like, you know, what happens when we commit to doing this one little piece. And you know what I'm going to talk about. So we are going to talk about that part of you that you have become a very good friends with because you have identified that aspect. So welcome again to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm so oh. excited to be here. Well, <clears throat> I, I am just thrilled to have you here. So let's jump into to identifying this aspect of, of yourself that you have had to come to terms with and is the thing that I can see has allowed you to propel yourself to the place that today you're coaching other people, you're helping other people. So let's talk about the ego. And as you know, we got to make ego our amigo. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you indeed. made her your amiga. <laughs> I did. I did. We're besties. Um, we play ring around the rosy all the time. Um, well, I know that we're not talking about my journey of how I got here, but I do want to point out um, a little bit of a, a time frame of oh, absolutely. just, you know, my, my first 20 years, 20, 22 years, you know, 
life was just fucked up, dysfunctional. Um, but that was normal for me. You know, I, I didn't even know that anything was wrong. You know, everybody else was the fucking problem. Um, so, um, when I moved to Atlanta at 19, I would say a couple years later, I started to get on my self-help journey. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, the rest of the world doesn't act like this. Um, okay. So more of pulling in and starting to feel like I needed to create, um, another mask to, um, fit in where I felt like I needed to be accepted and, um, I stayed there pretty much throughout my twenties. Um, and I talk about in my book, um, the difference that I believe, um, between self-help and self-awareness, um, is self-help is, uh, you creating a new version, a better version of yourself that you think is going to get you what you need or the love or the acceptance that you seek. Um, and self-awareness is undoing all that you are not. Yes. Um, and Big I would different. Say, yeah, different. huge difference. Yeah. Yes. And I would say pretty much through my thirties, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Here's kind of a little bit of a shift, but I didn't know what the hell to do with it. And then along comes Lina in my life, <laughs> in my late thirties. A little um, bit of Lina yes! in my life. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We all need Lina in our lives. <laughs> Um, and that's where the true transformation started to happen. And of course, there was so much resistance. Um, I didn't even know that I had an ego. Um, and then it was a matter of, okay, I'm starting to learn what I don't want to be, but I still don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Um, so I would say pretty much I, I claimed a long time ago that my 40s were going to be fabulous and they have not let me down. Um, I'll be 44 <laughs> this year. Um, you and I met when, in 2013. So it's been almost six years, wow. six years. Wow. Um, and I would say the last four, I've really dove in. And I would say maybe the last two is where it has been incredible, the yeah. transformation. Um, my I ego, I tried to resist her. I tried to stuff her back down. I tried to give her cookies, you know, anything I could to shut her the fuck up and get her away from me. <laughs> However, she is within and... We're Siamese twins, so I can't necessarily get rid of her. Um, but I have accepted her and and owned all of the aspects um, that I thought might not have been acceptable to the world. Um, and it, it's just taken me to places I didn't even know were possible. Yeah, yeah. I I am living in such peace. Um, highly unaffected by outside bullshit. Um, so I'll let you take it from here. Um, <laughs> no, I love, I love the clarity of the timeline because obviously as your, your awareness coach, I've been watching you progress through that. You know, that is, that is one of the things that, as you know, is, is my gift. I, I can see where people are and I know the thing that will move them to that next level of awareness. And your, your, um, Beautiful description of the difference between self-help and self-awareness is so key because our ego is the one who wants the self-help because it wants to help itself. And yes. that entire part of seeking new ways of becoming rich, new ways of becoming special and, and being a New York Times bestseller and being on Oprah. I know I, I did all of those things. Because we begin to move out of our disempowerment by looking for things externally that will make us feel more empowered. Yes. But that is part of the journey. It we is. cannot deny that aspect happens to, I, I don't know that it happens to everybody, but it certainly has happened to everybody that I've met. And everybody that I've worked with, everybody, whether it's through individual coaching or the workshops or classes or whatever, or people that have read their stories that I've never met, but I've read about their journeys. It's pretty much the same way. As you know, when I teach the soul's journey, there, there's a journey we all have to go through. And I've never met anybody who's not in one of those six phases. But 
when we make that distinction between no more self-help and we stop going outside to seek for things, then that's when my work kicks in, which is self-awareness. The self-awareness is we need to become aware of these two selves inside of us. And that's when the magic to me, the miracles really begin to happen. And I remember one of the things that I tell everybody who's going to move into self-awareness is you got to name your ego. You got to make ego your amigo. You got to see it. You got to feel it. You got to know it. We have to befriend it because we need to understand that part of ourselves, which is the part that has us not know the capitalist self, which is our divine self, which is our true self, which is the, the part of us that is waking up. Mm -hmm. from the sleep that our ego self has had us in. And it's not that that the ego is a, a bad thing because it's part of what makes us a human. It's what lets us have this human experience. But it's that the ego is not designed to be the master. The ego is the thoughts that we believe that have us be who we are in the world. And if we believe that we're not good enough, that we're blah, 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 whatever, we are going to have a miserable experience. So that's why we have to understand what is inside of that ego self. So why don't you share what you, the name that your ego wanted to be called? Sassy. My ego's name is Sassy because that bitch will fire up in a minute. She'll put on some stilettos, some red lipstick, her leather suit, and she will start barking demands um, and expecting everybody else to follow her rules. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Internally yeah. and externally. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And how fun. And of, of course, I have posted on here that we have potty mouths. My my potty mouth gets worse when I'm around Irene because she just lets it rip. And it was one of the things that I love about her. And um, but absolutely, she she does that ego part of us. And when I when I was going through my the part of my journey where I was naming my ego, my kids and I, and my, my baby daddy at the time, my husband, my husband, um, we named our egos and we would play with each other. And my kids would point out, mom, your spiritual Zeusy is all activated. Um, but I had my Debbie Downer and I had my, you know, the committee, the Dorothy. I had total committee. Yes. 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 Total committee in the mind. So tell us a little bit about what, what began to happen when you began to identify sassy and you began to see your ego in action? What was that like for you? Well, one of my favorite Lina-isms <laughs> is um, every irritation is an invitation to see your ego's motivation. Um, <clears throat> so that that's where the irritations and the hurt feelings and <clears throat> any uh, anger, anything, anxiety that's welling up, those are dead ringers for your ego is at work. And I had to spend a lot of years there noticing that, being aware of what was going on so I could process them. And not until just recently that Lina pointed out that I don't need to process anymore. I have processed everything. Um, so now I'm, I'm at a space where something comes up, I can process it and move on. I don't, I don't get stuck there. Um, I would say probably about seven, eight months ago, I realized that I had a, a, a three day, um, ego excursion. Um, and Monday was a super bad day. I was trying to get myself out of the funk. And then, and then my ego makes me feel bad. Like you're so much more practiced than this. Why are you here? Why are you allowing this to affect you? Um, and then, I just kind of sat with it and the density and I was tired. I stayed in the bed all day. And then Tuesday, I woke up with what I call an ego hangover um, because you just feel like, oh, man, I shouldn't have drank all that ego. It was, oh, it made me feel so horrible. Yeah. So I nursed myself back to health. And then on Wednesday, I was good to go back to my essence um, and ready to tackle the world again. Um but I can do that more so now in just a thought. It's just a thought and I process it and I move on like judgment. You know, when we're in judgment, that's our ego. We're projecting our shit onto other people that we can't accept. So it's all in one fair swoop that, oh, why is that guy being an asshole? Why am I being an asshole? Um, and I'm like, okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. Okay. And I just move on from it. 
Yeah. Um, but it takes a lot of practice, a lot of years. I know my soul knows that I have done this shit lifetimes. Um, so this was my lifetime to bring it all full circle. Totally. You know, and, and obviously you said so many wonderful things and they're profound things. When we begin to, first of all, we, we want to go to the place of peace. The whole reason we enter this journey is because we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And Absolutely. we're seeking peace. We're seeking light. We're seeking joy. We're seeking happiness. We want it to be consistent, um, not just bits and pieces here and there. We want it to be consistent. But in order to be able to move to that consistency, you've got to know your ego because that's the part that gets activated and it has us move into the inconsistencies because like you were saying, that judgment is then projected out there and we don't realize that we, we lose our inner peace because anything is equally disturbing to our peace of mind as the Course in Miracles says. So yes. any thought that comes from our ego self uh, is going to disturb our peace of mind. So what is the work? Let me look at that thing that is blocking my peace. Let me look at that thing that is blocking my happiness. So it takes, like you said, years to begin to look at those thoughts mm -hmm. and know that you're not your thoughts, that you're having thoughts and those thoughts that are not the loving, peaceful, uh, joy generating thoughts that are the thoughts of our creator, our divine self are the thoughts of our ego mind, are the thoughts of our our world, our human protector mm -hmm. that has us live inside of a separate sense of self and in survival. So we got to tack something out there because we think it's going to be hurting us. And like you said, every irritation is an invitation to see what is that ego's motivation in keeping me righteous separate. and separate. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then comes, of course, the, the, the thing that I love teaching shift and lift. So you take that being down and then you lift it, you lift yourself up. So say about what happened. So you have those three days, ego gets all activated. You have your, your judgment fest and you go around judging others. But also when we get all spiritualized, then we start judging ourselves for not being spiritual enough. And that, that irritation is an invitation to see that spiritualized ego. And you've been moving out of that spiritualized ego space. Um, but how do you shift and lift? How do you now lift your vibration? You move out of the density of the fear that the ego activates and lift into what you're discovering is the truth of who you are. Um, well, I knew that you, I felt that you were going to go there about the spiritual ego. I think that that needs, that needs some attention because oh, yeah. when we get on this journey and we don't have someone like Lina to tell us about the spiritualized ego, that the ego, while we think that we're learning and we're on our journey and we're moving away from our ego, our ego is side by side pedaling on that bike right along, keeping up with us <laughs> and it's tricking us. And then we think that we're coming from a loving place when we're really just still judging from what we think is a higher pedestal. Like, oh, now I know more. I'm better than you. And it's, it's just, I call it ego fuckery. Um, and you'll get hijacked and, you know, you'll start putting now your spiritual stuff on people and you think that you're coming from a good place and it's really not. It's trickery. Yeah. You know, and when I was married to Ken, uh, as you know, because you went through that journey with me, um, I I, I was observing this man who knew all this spiritual knowledge. He he knew everything I knew. He knew, you know, and I'm going to say he thought he knew more than I did. And actually he did because I was on the part of the journey that I was letting go of what I knew. I was emptying my mind of knowing and he did know more. So his mind was more full of that ego fuckery that kept judging me. So as I was judging him, I'm going Oh my gosh, he's not being spiritual. He's not living his spirituality. And I, I had to, like you, look in the mirror. Oh my gosh, I am projecting on him. He knows it, but he's not embodying it. So that is exactly when I began to see my spiritualized ego. And that's when I had to, I had the humiliation of falling off of my ego pedestal because here I am teaching, had been teaching for gosh, I don't know, by that point, eight years, seven, eight years, five, and well, more than that. And I'm teaching about being the presence of love. And I am accusing this beautiful divine being in front of me of not being loving enough. And I went, oh my gosh, well, accusation is not loving. Who's the one accusing? 
Who's the one with the spiritualized ego? That was me. So dropping down from that spiritual pistol was absolutely painful to my ego. Mm -hmm. But it's what allowed me to then totally shift and begin to embody those characteristics that we've been studying in A Course in Miracles of gentleness and open-mindedness and, and generosity and being the one to, to, oh, hey, Amy, so good to have you there with us. Um, it, it's so amazing. But seeing that spiritualized ego is, is so necessary for yes. the division, the separation of what is spirit and what is ego, because until those two are seen as totally separate aspects of who we are, we cannot transcend the ego thinking. And to transcend is to end the trans. That's all that it is. We want to end the trans, which is going to be the title of my book, trans-end. We have to trans-end, end the trans of separation so that, oh, hello, Miss Elizabeth. Um, so that we can move into the place of oneness. You cannot be one if you're divided. Yeah. But this division has to be placed in the proper order. Ego mind, the part of us who is operating in the world, must go into service to the spirit. The spirit leads and the ego is the intellectual mind, the logical mind, the one that knows to stop at the stop sign, the yeah. one that knows to yield, the one that knows um, to not stick your hand on a hot stove. So we have a very logical need for the human side of us, but it is not to be the master because when it is, we're going to talk about what happens when when your ego is the master, when Miss Sassy was running the show. Oh my Tell goodness. me what was going on in your world. Yes. Um, so as I learned and I took all these, you know, classes with Lina and then workshops and reading more books and, you know, constantly doing, doing, doing instead of being, being, being. Yes. Um, I wanted Pete to know. I wanted him to feel what Pete, I was your feeling. Husband. My husband, Pete. Yes. And um, that was no more than my spiritual ego trying to push him to get what I was getting because I wanted him to feel what I was feeling um, yes. so we could share it together. And um, he pretty much resisted <laughs> kicking and screaming the whole way. And then once I realized what I was doing and I was able to accept him where he was um, for who he is and didn't try to change or push or anything, um, our relationship is absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit because the when we get all spiritualized, um, our first victims are our immediate uh, family members, yeah. uh, you know, our closest friends and our partners, our children. Our, oh, our yeah. sisters, oh, brothers, yeah. but, and of course, our parents, if they're around, my parents were deceased by the time I, I started my spiritual journey. I, I, it's their death that sent me on this journey, but it it is part of what happens. We get all spiritualized and we want to, we want to help others feel what we feel. Yeah. But in that attempt to get them to feel what we feel, we're doing two things. Number one, we're judging them, which is not loving. Yes. And number two, we are not honoring their journey. We're not honoring that they too are on their magnificent journey on the path that they need to be at. And actually where we are is part of their journey and our becoming the presence of love is what then becomes a model that has them, if, if it's meant to be, be interested in what's happening. But, you know, I've coached a lot of couples and I see couples that want to work on their relationships go totally apart because the ego is the thing that likes to point at the problems in another, whether it's a spiritualized ego or just a plain old, you know, vanilla ego. It's always about judging the other person. Nobody wants to be close yeah. to somebody who's <laughs> judging you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and of course, you know, uh, your your beautiful husband, who uh, I also know because it's a it's a wonderful thing um, that I I've known him, and he he wasn't just thinking, well, who the fuck is this Lina getting you all spiritualized and judging me? At least he knew that, okay, I, I know Lina, she's not out to be mean or whatever. So he was able to, to stay open-minded. And then of course he came to, you know, the workshops, the power of awareness workshops, but speak to specifically while you're in the middle of having all this spiritualized ego, your sassy is having a field trip, 
with him, what began to happen to your relationship? Because let's talk about the, the, the rocking that happened there that you guys had to work through because that was an uncomfortable time for the two of you. It was. Um, I like to call them ego battles where we're <laughs> yeah. just, you know, screaming our point of view to the other one and stuffing it down their throat chakra um, and expecting them to swallow This is spirituality. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and um, it got to a point to where, you know, we would go days without speaking to each other. We're, you know, mean mugging each other and going to bed with our backs to each other. Um, and it just got to a point to where we know we love each other. We know that the ego is at work and now, um, and I would say probably for the last year and a half, two years, we can, um, openly talk to each other and say, you know what? My ego is active and this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm seeing. Um, I know that that's not what it is, but I can't necessarily figure out what it is. And we can have real heart to heart conversations and help dissect whatever the ego, whatever web the ego is trying to create in that moment. Um, and we can, we can work through it and move past it. And if we can't, we leave it alone until we can. Yeah. And that's so beautiful because um, our egos are going to go to battle because the ego is all about being right. That need to be right yes. is, is where you know the ego is active. Yeah. And when you need to be right about spirituality, <laughs> it, it is, it, it's, it's amazing, but you really think that in the name of truth, you're going to set the other person straight, yeah. um, but it's still righteousness. It's still not honoring who they are. It's still making yourself superior and that that need to be in that space of righteousness is what what breaks down every single beautiful relationship, because here's the thing that people don't understand Love is causeless. Love is. We don't make love. We, we don't cause love to happen. We don't cause it to make us fall in love. It just is. And when two people come together, love has caused a union. And when love causes a union, when we are conscious and not being run by our ego, we tend to that beautiful, nurturing relationship. I, I, I like to think of love as a rose. This rose that has been given to us, we didn't create roses. Nobody on this planet, not even the best of scientists, have ever created a freaking rose. Mm -hmm. Roses are. Love is. However, <clears throat> we our work is to then tend to the garden and pull the weeds. But most people pull the weeds by just yanking the top off of them, not the roots. And the root mm -hmm. of the weeds is the, that that spiritualized ego self, that one that thinks that it knows better, that it is right. If we don't become humble enough, if we don't value love over being right, we are the ones who are destroying those beautiful relationships that God, source, spirit, whatever the hell you want to call it, caused to happen. And I know for me, my uh, my last two relationships, when I was married to uh, you know my beloved playmate Ken, he didn't see his ego. Well, he had glimpses of it, but his ego became spiritualized. But he couldn't see his spiritualized ego. That that's that takes that's mastery to see that aspect of ourselves, and he couldn't see it. But he mirrored it for me to see mine. So that relationship, although it did complete, at least in physical form. For now, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what anything is for. But although it did complete in physical form, it had a beautiful, loving purpose, which was God's gift for me to see my spiritualized ego. <clears throat> and that is so key and so important. Um, talk about you seeing your spiritualized ego and how you and Pete dance that dance that has brought you to the place that today you are this loving couple and this this couple that is transparent about your crap. Let's talk about that. What happens, how you have to become vulnerable and expose all that stuff. Um, one word that comes up for me um, that I think is super important is surrender. 
<laughs> yeah. Surrendering, because if you're not surrendering, you're trying to put your expectations on whatever the situation is, whether it's your relationship, your financial relationship, your children, your job, whatever, because the, the underlying issues are still the underlying issues, whether it's your, your romantic relationship, your work relationship, whatever. It's, it's, it's all the same. The, the roots are still the same. The root issues or whatever needs to be healed there. Um, and I think that Pete and I have both gotten to a place of one of my favorite things to talk about is the the term, oh, it is what it is. People say that as like a just, oh, it is what it is and fuck it, whatever is silent. Um, and that's like saying like, okay, it didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. So whatever, I can't, bless you. I can't care about that or whatever. But I have gotten to a place everything is. Everything yeah. just is. Yeah. And and I realize when there's strife there or it's not fun and easy, I'm trying to push it to be what I want it to be. Um, and a, a big question that came up for me, I would say probably three or four years ago, and I love to ask people this when they're having problems in the relationship is, are you in love with that person or are you in love with who you want them to be? And that was something that came to me when I was trying to figure out my own relationship issues that I'm trying to force Pete to be something other than what he is. And I couldn't accept him for what he was. And okay, did I, did I really love him? Or was I in love with who I wanted him to be? Yeah. Um, and in that moment, I was able to take the chains off and allow it to, you know, unfold organically. And it has so beautifully. Yeah. And that is that is so perfect that you said that, because that is where I see every person who gets all spiritualized tramples on their relationships because when we get all spiritualized in our head, that doesn't open the heart. That still keeps the heart closed and the heart is closed because we're coming from insecurities. The only reason our heart is closed is because we have a belief somewhere somewhere uh, from our, our past that we are uh, that we're we are weak, that we are somehow a victim to this person in front of us and we need them to rescue us. And that's what the spiritualized ego does. Even well, ego, period. But but to me, more dangerously when it becomes spiritualized. Um, because it thinks it's it's superior because I know I'm light. Uh, but what happens is when the ego gets all, all judgmental of another person, it is only blocking telling the truth, which is, you know what? I'm scared. I'm afraid that you don't yeah. love me. Yeah. I'm afraid that in this moment, I may not be enough for you. I'm afraid that if you leave me, I'm going to be all alone. If we could hear ourselves say those things, yeah. we would actually be hearing the very thing that is blocking us from the truth of that we are powerful beyond measure. But we project out onto the other person. You yeah. need to stop doing that because it's our ego's way of saying, don't look in here. That's why every irritation is an invitation to see my ego's motivation, not yours. Because right. the ego's motivation is to keep us inside of a sense of limited self. It's it wants to keep us small because as long as we stay small, as long as we stay uh, believing that others can hurt us, we are perpetuating a sense of lack. We're perpetuating that we have a hole and we're not um, holy. We're perpetuating that we are alone. We're perpetuating the story that I I need you to change for me to be okay, which is what blocks us from knowing I am already okay. Yes. Not only am I okay, I am more than okay. I'm a divine child of God here to express yes. myself fully and my wholeness and my holiness are what I'm supposed to be bringing to the relationship because that is what love is. Right. I am so whole that you can do whatever you want to do. You yes. can come and go and yes. it doesn't matter because who you are does not add one iota to me, nor do you take anything away from me that is fucking love that absolutely absolutely and that right there is where all the problems come in exactly i, I am in lack and i need you to pick up the slack oh we need to write that shit down i am in lack and you need to pick up the slack now it's your job to fix my fucking shit and no yes. it's not anybody else's job yes and when no. you can be whole and complete then all you do is just share that 
fucking magical love because there's no, there's no need. Just, yeah. just give, 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 give and take and take and take and take. And it's just an there's ego no shit show. Yeah. yeah. There's no striving. Now, now you can be yourself. Now the other person is free to be themselves. That's what love is. Love sets all beings free because love is the relationship that we have with our own inner being. When you know source, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, is the essence of that love in you, and you no longer have fears, which means you're no longer seeking on the outside to protect yourself, what you are now gets expressed. Because conditional love is, I'm going to suppress my love until you do something and then I'll let it out. Well, that's not love. That's not love. So we are learning that in order for us to awaken we have to fall in love with ourselves. We have to fall in yesterday. love with the yes. higher self in us, capitalist self. The ego is our lower self What that we have to identify. That's what we have to call it so we can see it. And then when that one is no longer running the show, the one that has fallen, that we've fallen in love with, that God self within I am the father, mother, source, whatever you want to call it, are one. That one is a love that gets shared, which has no conditions, which does not need anything from anybody else. It doesn't mean we don't collaborate and co-create, but it just means that we're not out taking from the world. We become givers mm-hmm. from wholeness. I totally got that yesterday. I, I had I had to find my notebook and write it down. And what I wrote was that until you fall in love with yourself 100%, all love relationships that you are in will be conditional. No matter how much you think they're unconditional, they're conditional because they're, con- they're conditional on if you do this, then I'm okay. If you do this, we're okay. And if we can do this together, then we'll be okay. No. Um I, uh, the same with our children. Totally. Love is love is love is love all the yes. way across the board. Yes. Business, and work, yeah. all over yes. the place. Yeah. Yes. And, um, with our children, you know, everybody, if you ask them would say, of course, I love my children unconditionally, but do you really, do you really, you love them when they are following the rules, when they are doing what you think that they need to be doing. And then when they don't, then you shut down. Now we need to, you know, get some correction going on here and some straightening, but you're blocking, you're blocking your love so they can't feel it. So now it's conditional. It's conditional on these, these, these things that you need to be doing in order to get my love. Um, and also, um, I just realized, um, not really realized, but in the course of writing my book, um, I wrote a, a chapter on uh, conscious parenting about my children, and I was I was the poster child for an unconscious parent. I was a gangster parent, um, you know. I remember. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and my children are broken, and they are broken because what I gave them was broken love because that's all I had to give. And my daughters like to think that I love one of them more than I love the other. And I said, I am the love that I give. So it may appear that I love one more than the other, but there's just different dynamics to our relationships. But I gave you all broken love. Now I give you full love and we are working through unfucking my children um, because I played a big part in their brokenness. Yeah. Um, yeah and totally. we can only give the love that we are at any given point. Yes. And that that is a great point because we 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 have fucked ourselves. And the reason Indeed. that happened to us is because we had unconscious parenting and And all that it is, is parents who did not know that they were the source of love because when they were little, they had unconscious parents and it fucked them up. So we have just been passing the chain of pain generation after generation after generation, all of it conditional love saying, I am not love. So you need to behave so that I can feel love. That's all that it is. Yeah. So we unfuck ourselves by looking at these beliefs that we hold that say I'm not love and I need to go learn it 
or I need to go get it from somebody else. So where mm-hmm. do we learn that? We learn that in childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's not that that um, your parents don't love you when they set up conditions is that the condition is what has them believe in their mind that will make them feel better. If you perform this and that makes me feel better, which mm-hmm. means the ego is active. The ego is saying out here is the source of me feeling better in here. That right there is what we're waking up from, which is that nothing outside of me can have power over how I feel because that's what we are literally. That's, that's why you have to see your ego. Your ego is that belief that how I feel is dependent on external sources, right? That is what's not okay. That's what we're waking up from because if we knew that how I feel is under my control. And that is what we are realizing. The ego blocks us from experiencing. So that's what we have to con- to control conditions. If you know that you're in charge of your feelings and you want to feel happy, you want to feel good, the last thing you're going to do is set up a condition on somebody else because that condition tells you you can't feel good on your own. That's to give your power away. By trying to take it from somebody else, it's yes. a it's a lose lose proposition that we are waking up to. Yeah. That's been handed down for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, civilization after civilization after civilization. Mm-hmm. This need to control others to be okay. Let's talk about what you are discovering, and I'm so glad, Isabel, that this conversation is helping because I know you're passionate about children. Um, you know, she's got a, a beautiful child like you, you know, one of these powerful kids who, well, they're, they come in knowing that they are love and they're coming in as our teachers and as they have always been, and they should be conscious parenting is that child is here to teach us. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about what you have discovered is the truth of who you are after you saw that sassy, your ego is not what you are. Um, I just remain in a state of just allowing everything to be what it is. Because if um, the example I like to give, so finances, we'll talk about that um, in a little bit, but running a business, I mean, it's pretty stressful. I mean, cash flow and, you know, keeping everything moving. And um, that was a, a big sore spot for me. So if on Monday I needed, if I have $1,500 in my business account on Monday and come Thursday, I know I need $9,000. So between Monday and Thursday, I, I can't sleep. I'm snapping at everybody. Sassy's driving my fucking bus. You know, I'm barking orders. I'm expecting the universe to co-conspire with me being a bitch over here to make this money get into my bank account. <laughs> And I realized actually just recently, why am I abusing myself like that? Why? It's still going to be what it is when I get to Thursday. If I don't have $9,000 and I only have $7,000 by Thursday, well, then I'm going to readjust and I'm going to make whatever decisions I need to make at that time. So why am I going to go through all of that when it's it's not necessary? It's not necessary. And it feels fucking horrible. Yeah, to beat yourself up. But let's get more specific. I want you to be more specific. Um, What is that part of you that you have connected to that is, I want you to speak more to what you're discovering is that will of peace in you. Speak specifically to that that spirit in you. Um, I don't allow, because I I have a soul knowing now that anything that goes on out here, first of all, I've created all of this out here. Yeah. Secondly, I know that when something's going differently than how I had anticipated, it's probably a lesson. And if I can't get the lesson in that moment, I know it still doesn't change the essence of who I am. Yeah. And before I would let it yank me all over the place. And then I'm in the eye of the storm and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And, you know, I got to get my bearings back about me to get back on the track. Now it's just a. Yeah. Okay. So, but I want to I want you to be specific about the essence that's inside of you and we we understand the essence in us as we see it in our children. So you've got a precious little being in your home. Um <laughs> sweet little Ivy. So speak to the essence of that child because that is the essence that is that we're waking up to is in us. 
because that's a source of our wholeness. So speak about what is his essence? What are you seeing in him that he's teaching you? It's the truth of who you are. Patience, patience. Um, patience is a big one for me um, because it, it uh, I, I, my, my fuse is not as short. Um, it's still short on some days that I still totally lose my shit in the moment of him just being a toddler, a strong-willed, very strong-willed yes, toddler. Yes, he's powerful. Uh, he is very powerful. I see him for the love that he is um, with my zero, other children. Zero in on that. Zero yeah. in on the essence of him. Yes. Now with my other children, they were very needy, um, very, they, they needed to do things to get my attention. Ivy has such a confidence and a knowing of his love and his space here that that's unwavering. With my other children, I could see the brokenness, I guess, because I recognized it because it was within me. Yeah. Um, but Ivy just has, he will never not know that he is love. Yeah. He will never not know that. He will never have to question that as to where my older children have to um, deal with their insecurities and their worthiness. And all of that is always, you know, at, at question. Um, but he has such a confidence about him that there are many adults that I don't know will ever reach that level of confidence. Well, that confidence is the essence of who we are. It's a knowingness. It's the the God source soul soul, spirit, whatever you want to call it. It is the part of us that knows we don't need anything from the outside. As we see our ego, which blocks that, we cannot feel that in, in, a, in a sustainable fashion. It's there, but it's not sustainable because the ego takes over with the stories that, you know, I, I need it from you. I need to change something out there. But as we move into that, that like you had said earlier, we're surrendering to that power inside of us, that confident self that doesn't need to demand. It just knows. It's that that aspect of God within that guides us, that inspires us, that that is what breathes us. Not only is it, does it breathe us, it's the breath that we inhale, it's a breath that we exhale, and it's the lungs, it's the beingness, it's that oneness that we are. That aspect of ourselves is, is the same in everybody. And that is what's emerging. Of course, it has different individualized talents and in its physical vessel, it's different and unique and totally completely um, individualized. But that sameness that's in all of us is what our children are here to teach us. They're here to teach us to, dis to respect differences because love does not judge differences. Mm -hmm. Love does not set expectations or demands anything. And the reason, yes, we're learning patience is because love is eternal. It doesn't care how long it takes you to put your shoes on to walk out the door when you're, you know, a three-year-old. Um, it, it patiently waits. It'll, it, and it's showing us. I know my kids showed me that I lived on a clock because I had bought into what the world was teaching me mm. about time and schedules and, and rigidity and have to do things in a certain way. And of course, if my kids weren't doing that, I, I wasn't controlling them. Um, and I didn't want them controlling my time because I was controlled by time. <laughs> yeah. And then magical things begin to happen when we listen to those little kids. So what are some of the things that you are learning that you're giving yourself more grace to experience because of that master guru that you have in your house that's um, we, three years we have, old. I, I was the mom that you were, you know, we're always, you know, we got to get out of the door. We got to get the kids to daycare and school and I got to get to work and, you know, that, that time. But, and there was no fun. There was no fun back then. Yeah. Um, there was no laughter. Um, we have so much laughter around here. Um, we like to dance and listen to music. And um, with my children, I tried to mold them into what I thought that they should be because I didn't know any better. <laughs> and I didn't want them to ever grow up and feel how fucked up I felt. So I was trying to mold them to not have to feel that. And being a conscious parent now, I know that he already has everything that he needs. And it's, it's a beautiful dance like Tai Chi. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's so fun. Um, we went to Universal for, for Thanksgiving, and now Ivy, in his three-year-old mind, equates the hotel that we stayed in to fun. So Friday, we went grocery shopping, and we stopped at Chili's to eat, and there was a hotel right behind Chili's, and I want to go to the hotel because he equates the hotel with fun. We're going to go to the magical place, so I need to get back to the hotel. Um so he just, he, nobody has it better than that kid. <laughs> well, yeah. And those are those, those wonderful opportunities to remind them, no, the fun is in you. You just mm -hmm. let yourself unleash it more there than you are at home. But let, let's yeah. find that fun place in you because isn't that what conscious parenting is all about is giving everybody permission to be who they are yes. to not, not break off the, the, the shiny parts of who they are by taking yes. those brilliant stars and trying to fit them into a box and um, make them yeah. lose their, their brilliance. I mean, that, that's all that, that unconscious parenting is. So I want to um, switch the conversation here because okay. you, you have become, like I said earlier, I had to put my sunglasses on because you're such a big, bright, beautiful star. You've been, you've been reclaiming your, your brilliance, your, your true self, and you've been helping other people because that's exactly what happens when those students are ready. The teacher which is you, which is me, we've been preparing, we, we've been being ready. And when those students are ready, we appear because that, that's how it happens. They have to initiate it. And you've had a lot of people watching you shift and change and become this amazing, peaceful, joyful, um, balanced person. And as you become that balanced person, they want some of that. You know, it's contagious because it's not what the world is used to. Loving, balanced people who are not taking, who are giving of themselves without expectations. That's not the norm. So you, you've been coaching and you've been helping others. And then of course I knew, you know, we knew that the day was coming that you would write a book, you would share your story. Yes. I want you to talk about your book and the title of course is phenomenal because it is exactly what we're doing. We have totally fucked ourselves up. So we do have to do a little work around that, but share your, what you're discovering, uh, is part of your purpose here. Talk about your book, why you wrote it, what you're writing about, and uh, then eventually how people can, can get it. Okay. Um, well, I would say probably eight, nine months ago, I was laying in the bed. And when God talks to you, um, it's a, it's a, I call it a download because it's like a soul knowing, and then it translates into words for you to get the message. It's not like Irene, get your shit together. You know, I don't hear a whisper in my ear. So I was laying in the bed and it was one o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep. And I got a download that Irene, it's time to write your book. And of course, Satchi's like, wait a minute, nobody wants to hear, nobody gives a shit what you have to say, you're not practiced enough, you're not a Marianne Williamson or Oprah Winfrey, you know, so I was like having a, 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 a ego battle conversation in my head now, um, and I got in that moment, it is time, it is time, because somebody who doesn't know anything about awareness, consciousness, enlightenment, anything, to read a book maybe from Marianne Williamson or or, you know, the spiritual gurus, as we like to put them on a pedestal, that it may feel like too much of a gap. Like, how could I ever get there? I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, and I feel like I am still in the thick of things and I'm there. Um, I'm a little more down here to where they could probably understand what I have to say. And I have a powerful story to share. Um, I've done the work. It hasn't always been easy. There have been a lot of tears, a lot of resistance, a lot of boxing gloves, you know, strapping them up, ready to go to war. Um, and I just felt like it was time to write my book. And the name of my book is called Get Unfucked with a <laughs> PH. And I spelled it that way. And I made the PH and the D stand out because what are doctors? They're supposed to be healers. Who are we? We are healers. Okay. We are healers for ourselves, for others. Um, and it's called Get Fucked by Undoing All That You Are Not. And that is what this journey is all about, that we are undoing all of the beliefs 
and all the bullshit and all the stories and we're backpedaling to allow our true self to, to emerge. And that's where I feel like I am because I didn't sit there at seven years old, think, Oh, I'm going to be a life coach. I'm going to write a book. I had no idea. But when I cleared out my shit, those, my gifts were able to emerge from me. And I feel like that this book and my coaching and me just showing up wherever it is, whether it's the gas station or Walmart or a customer service phone call, um, I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I am showing up as the light that I came here to be. Um, so I'm, I'm so excited and I feel like my spirit has written this book. I have only written when I felt moved to write. If I felt like I had to force it, I left it alone. So when I go back and read some of it, I'm like, I can't believe I wrote this shit. So (laughs) I can't wait. And I can't wait. I can't wait because I know so many people are going to be touched by your story, by your experience. But, you know, it, it really is. We got to peel back all of the bullshit that we have been taught that I'm not good enough, that I need somebody else to be happy, that I need to have um, uh, this, that or the other to be OK. You know, like the Course in Miracles teaches us. And I know you've been a student of it and uh, you know how much I love it because you've been in my classes. Um what we are, you said something earlier, and I didn't didn't grab it then because it didn't seem like it was the, the right time to to highlight that. But I want to highlight it now. You know, something that you said, the real woo woo thing here is that we're creating our reality. That's why that's why I got to stop arguing with what's happening, because everything that is happening is just showing us how we are showing up. Every single time that we have somebody that is not loving us, we're showing up unloving. That we have somebody who's not giving us security, we're showing up believing that we're not secure inside the mind of the creator. So everything that we're thinking is is projecting out there what we're experiencing. So the reason that, that your work is going to be so powerful is because People who have projected a life of believing that they came from dysfunctional parents, that they came with less than enough uh, to take care of them, that they came with parents who were alcoholics or not available, whatever the story is, we have projected that out there. That is a really hard concept to understand. That is when you get into mastery, you really begin to realize, yeah, everybody wants to create their own reality when things are going fucking good. But when things are not going good... We don't want to claim that reality. Well, it's that one. It's that one that shows you what you're believing about yourself is not true. When things are going good, you're believing what's true. (laughs) Yes. When things are not going good, you're believing what is not true and consistent with the magnificent, powerful being that you are. So I wanted to to highlight that because that is what I know you're going to be really talking about in your in your book because that's how we unfuck ourselves that is how we come to see that those beliefs that we hold that says I can be hurt by your behavior is the very belief that is hurting me and inside of hurting me if I'm a wounded person because I'm believing things that are wrong with me I'm going to go out there and I am going to take everybody down because that's what hurt people do Either hurt people it, hurt people. Yes, absolutely. Happy people, happy people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? yes. Don't go around crapping on anybody. No, but it no. is. You know, so glad that Spence uh, had said that we had an awesome conversation, and Amy also saying that it's inspiring. Yes, thank you. And it is. It is absolutely necessary that we all really get what uh, what Irene is talking about. We've got to look at what we're not. We're not insignificant. We're not limited. We're not poor financially or emotionally, none of that is happening. We have just had experiences that we took and thought were true and then created a belief system around that and defined ourselves and confined ourselves into what the ego is all about. Well, not what the ego is all about, but into what the ego belief system is about. Yes. So we have to clean that up. BS, bullshit. Bullshit. We got (laughs) to clean that up so that what we really are can express itself. We need to unleash our confidence like your son is doing. We need to unleash our joy like your son is doing. 
So I want you to take the last couple of, you know, minute or two here and tell people, what are you going to be doing? What's, what are the next steps with your book and how can they connect with you to keep following your magnificent story? Um, well, um, I just, I want to go back to the conversation you just had real quick and say that another thing that's going to be hard for people to realize is, you know, those alcoholic parents or those dysfunctional families, we chose that. We chose the experience that we wanted to have when we come here. So when we can get that, it can help us be more in acceptance and let people off the hook for what we think that they're doing because we called all of that forth. Yes. Um, and I know that's a little woo-woo for some people. They're going to be like, I didn't choose this shit. Uh, yeah. Yes, you but, did. But let me, let me just say something. When we choose the experiences that we're going to be having, mm-hmm. we are choosing it from our point of power. We're choosing it as the right. physical soul that we are. We are choosing that from our eternalness, knowing that yes. that's not going to stop anything. We know we're going to come in, have whatever life experience we have, and then we're going to exit stage left and return to the non-physical source. Right. So we know we're going to come in and put on those costumes and play those parts, the villain and the victim. We will do that. But when we come into the physical form, our ego mind gets filled with information that makes mm-hmm. us forget that's that's how we fall asleep. That's how we fall into the 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 dream, the illusion that we are what the role says we are. I'm the villain or I'm the bull, the victim. But no, we came to play those roles because the part of us that knows it cannot be affected is what will eventually wake up when we have this this desire to um, to unfuck ourselves. So that's really important that you said that because, yes, we chose it, but we chose it because we know we can transcend it. We're not defined by it. That's the work. That's the work. That is the work. And the ego likes to derail us. So sometimes instead of going straight up 75 through Atlanta, we're taking the fucking scenic route out here in way backwoods counties and, and taking the suffering route. We're suffering longer until we get it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or we get on 285, go around circles, go nowhere. <laughs> yes. Patterns. Patterns. 285. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Like, why does this shit keep happening to me? Oh, <laughs> honey. Yes. That, that, that's one of the chapters in my book. The proof is in the patterns. Yeah, it, yes. it is. And that that is exactly, you know, we, we could keep talking for, for 10 minutes. We could. We could. Yes. But yes. Let's yes. go ahead. Tell people how they can connect with you. Okay. I am on Facebook, Evolution. Revolution Revolution is my page on Facebook um, and on uh, 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 Instagram. It's evolutionrevolution.love. And my website is evolutionrevolution.love. And my book, Get Unfucked, spelled with a PH, um, will be on Amazon, I would say, in the next couple of months. But if you follow my page on IG or Facebook, I will definitely be announcing the minute it hits the press. <laughs> you know, that that is so exciting. And we're, we're going to definitely promote it and let people know how they can find it. Because, uh, you know, we we all we all teach what we are learning or have just learned or need to learn. Yes. And everybody is at wherever they are on this journey. And I I absolutely know that you are going to have an impact on so many people um, because it, it, it's you're going to touch people on the ground, you know, where I'm going to where I'm, where they got their boots on, where they're right there uh, in the midst of all that unnecessary suffering in yeah. and suffering is necessary to show you that you don't want to suffer anymore and to show you your patterns of belief that are projecting that suffering. Um, but once you can see your ego and you can identify it and watch those belief systems, that, that belief system, those patterns, there is no need for suffering. And some of the people that suffer the most are, are those that I know are all spiritualized because they know it in their head, but they it doesn't drop down to the heart. Uh, and that's all because the ego takes over. So I know your book is going to help people identify the ego because that is, like I said in the beginning of this conversation, that is one of the things that has made coaching you such a such a joy because you 
are one of those amazing clients that you have taken these suggestions, you have committed to observing your ego, you have committed to seeing it for what it is, to make it your amigo so you could see its trickery. That's why your yeah. life has shifted. Your relationships with your children have become so solid with your husband. It is so beautiful to see what you guys are co-creating because you didn't resist the help that I was offering. And I was only yeah. offering you what I know helped me. Jesus, through A Course in Miracles, Buddha, through his, you know, through through Buddhism, through all of these organizations that have been created in the name of these two beautiful teachers, have been teaching us the same thing for thousands of years. But are we going to resist it because we think we know better? Or are we going to accept it? And you accepted it, sweetheart. And I, I honor your awakening. I honor all the magnificence that is coming to you because you are creating your own reality and you're no longer creating fucked up stuff. You're creating absolutely beautiful, magnificent things that are going to inspire others. Thank you for being here today and honoring me with your presence. And um, I just want to say really quickly, next week, I've got another amazing being who totally has changed her life. Francine um, is going to be with us. And then the following Monday on the 11th, I've got my friend Ron Rates. He's he's going to share his perspective on his awakening in in. Anyhow, and after that, I've got beautiful, rainy. Oh, my gosh, I got so many amazing people coming on board because I want to help you align with the truth of who you are. That's what these conversations are about. If I can do it, so can you. If Irene can do it, anybody mm -hmm. can. Anybody yes. can if we can do it. Yes. But it requires a willingness to stop believing your own bullshit, your belief system, and open up to something inside of you, inside of you, that is powerful and magnificent. And with that, I thank you for participating in this episode. And thank you, Irene. I love you dearly. And I'll be talking to you uh, Wednesday. We have a coaching call on Wednesday. <laughs> yes. And I love you. And I want to leave everybody with this last download that I got that I think eventually I will be known for this quote. Um, and I think that this is like the essence of the journey is one cannot fully accept their light until they understand the depth of their darkness. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For I love me. you. Thank you for this space. Thank you for your journey. And thank you for you being you in my space. Love you, girl. Thanks, Spence. I, I love, love you. All. Yes. Love everybody that was listening, tuning in. And thank you for your wonderful comments. And remember, we really, truly are magnificent. Let's yes. own that. Yes. Bye -bye. Own it. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>